What's up, everybody? It's episode 21 of Beers in the Lot. We talked about a lot of fun stuff in this episode. We recorded while we were watching the gold medal game for the World Junior Championships. So we talked about that a fair bit. Even talked about some of the players that are playing right now and how they're probably going to transition into uh, their new NHL teams and how they might benefit from some of the veterans that they're going to be playing with. We also talked about the cap and contract situation that's going on out on Long Island. And we looked into how the Islanders are faring in the offseason. And we touched a little bit on some of our draft picks for our Beers and a Lot Fantasy Draft and some of the fun rules that we had to try to spice that up. I think you guys are going to enjoy this episode. It was a lot of fun to record. So let's get to it. All right. Does anybody have anything else to say on the draft? Good job, team. No, I think... I think now that the draft is over, I think we need to crack these beers. Yes, please. I hope everybody has a, a uh, American beer today. Yes. Considering what's going on. You better. You know, this Canadian stuff. That's some good advice. <laughs> what are you drinking, Aaron? I am going back to the flying dog well, and I have a vicious hook again. The sour. Very nice. It's, it's, I like them. So you didn't end up making your beer run then? I did not. <laughs> <laughs> what are you drinking, uh, John? I have, I also went back to the well, the Stone and Modern Times collab Wizard and Gargoyles, the Hazy Coffee IPA, which I like. And I also like the can art as well. Hey, it'll keep you up for tonight's game. Yeah, I need to. I mean, especially after last night, because I was up watching that like a madman. <laughs> um, what about you, Daniel? I got a uh, pseudo Sioux pale ale from uh, Toppling Goliath Brewing, and uh, it's pretty good. Very nice. Hey, Riggs, what do you got tonight? The old standby, Snake Dog from house Flying beer. Dog. <laughs> uh, house beer. Yep, the Rigsby <laughs> House beer. Yes. <laughs> Mother's milk. <laughs> <laughs> so we're looking pretty good right now. For the uh, USA Canada game, yeah, we got what like a minute uh, left one here nothing in the first? USA in the yeah towards the end of the first year. How do you guys uh, feel about the game so far? So Canada and USA, the two top teams in the tournament. A lot of people, the beginning predicted that they would meet in the gold medal game. USA, I would say, had a tougher path since we started against Russia and didn't play well. It was our first game. Canada, I don't think they really have had a team that stood against them in a good way. I think maybe for spurts, they've had a little bit of um, adversity and a little bit of struggle, but for the most part, they haven't had any issues with any of the teams they've played. They've had a fairly easy schedule. I hate saying that, but I'll say it. They're Canadians. Uh, And they pummeled the Russians yesterday, so that's always good. I think with Canada, with all of those, uh, like, the, the line right now on, on TV and, and all the media and everything is there are only two kids on that team that are not first-round draft picks in the NHL. Maybe they need more guys that weren't first-round draft picks. Maybe they need more second- and third-round guys that had to work a little bit to get what they they want. I, I don't know. Like I, I feel like, and I, I told you guys before we started recording that going into this game it felt a lot like uh the 2010 world juniors when u.s and canada met in the 
in the gold medal game and it was a very tight affair and the Canadian team had a ton of talent just like this team does it, you know it was very much considered one of the top you know top 5 Canadian world junior teams or or whatever and you know the Americans are good too they're not as good they're not as talented but i feel like they work they have to work they have to put the effort in and i think in hockey if you're putting that effort in and you have to work um you have a chance no matter how much skill and talent is on the other side of the ice now in general the team with the most talent getting off the bus is going to win. But in these situations, single game elimination, maybe the team that has to work harder sees more success. Who knows, man? Well, well, especially to Canada, like I was kind of saying, you touched on it as well. Like they didn't really have to battle their way to this point. It was almost when they, when they figured out the roster and handed it into the double IHF, they didn't have it penned in, but I'm willing to bet that pencil was pretty thick on the gold medal date and time. It was almost a foregone conclusion that this team would be there. The one thing that is surprising where you mentioned they have all this top-end talent, Levi, their starting goalie, he was a seventh-round draft pick. And then he's connected to Spencer Knight, Team USA goalie, because they're both Florida Panthers prospects. But, I mean, if you know Devin Levi is not you know a top-flight goaltending prospect, not to discredit him he's played spectacular in the tournament but i don't really think he's had to work kind of like spencer knight has so he's gotten a little bit of the workload yes totally but in terms of what usa has seen they've seen a little more so how much do you think it hurts them not having kirby dak i don't think it's hurt them at all if you look at where they're at (laughs) (laughs) well Well, up until now i guess right the 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 line all day and and yesterday was Canada hasn't allowed an even strength goal against. They haven't allowed a 5v5 goal against. When you're in a playoff situation, if you're taking care of your even strength game and then you're dangerous uh on the power play and you're taking care of your business on penalty kill, like you're going to win. You're going to win some championships. That's how it works. Correct me if I'm wrong. USA just scored a goal five on five, didn't they? Yes, they did. They did. And that that's yes. a huge deal. And that's the first. They had to score first in this game, too. So that that's a huge, huge deal for them. Another thing, too, you guys are talking about how Canada might not have had to work quite as much. I said it last game, but, man, against Finland, USA was winning Every single board battle, every time the puck went to the boards, USA was coming away with it. That's that's gritty outwork them hockey, and I think you guys are absolutely right. That's that's going to be a pain in Canada's ass for and, this game. And think about it too: Finland's really scrappy. They made a really good game, even though they got dominated almost in every team category. They just needed a few chances to kind of get back in it, maybe a mental lapse or two. That's all it really was, and still what was the nickname already party they were giving him uh for kaliev like they made a great play off a bumper you know kind of that bumper from the wall into the middle of the ice and it was gone and it was a 
Game it was winner. an NHL level shot. I mean, it was really quick. It was barely on his stick, which is great. But you know, remind Finland, me who remind me who made the pass to him on that. It was Zegers, I think, wasn't it? Was it Zegers? Yes. Because I think he I made a play. So. I think he made a play before that where he was up on the boards, and the the player kind of thought he was going to keep going up the boards, and he just made this sweet cutback, cut right back down the boards. Kind of going back to what Aaron said about the board battles and stuff, just playing on the boards hard and then bumping it out to the middle. I think we've seen that a couple times uh, last game with USA. Yeah, they got some big guys in the middle, like in to keep them out of the middle. Mm-hmm. So if the game has to be played on the walls and playing on the walls is your strong point, then you're going to do well. So tonight we actually did our first ever Beers in a Lot fantasy draft, which was awesome. We we did it really quick. We didn't record it for obvious reasons. It's kind of boring. And some people don't know that certain players are taking like eight rounds ahead. So, yeah. But um, that's every draft. Yeah, that's online. You can't click well, on and the there's players. A, and there's always somebody that drafts somebody from like, you know, they retired eight years ago or something like that. So, shock no one. yeah, Guy Lafleur. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> their name in different sports and stuff. So, <laughs> I'll go over uh, just a little sample of some of the rules we had. So round one, starting goalie, who we ideally would like to see as our starting goalie. Round two was a defenseman from your goalie pick from round one. So if you went with Vegas, you had to pick a defenseman from Vegas, Tampa, Tampa D-man, Vancouver, Vancouver, Colorado, et cetera. Round four was a rookie. We had to pick a Swiss national player. Had some free picks, obviously, in there because we didn't want to leave a lot of good players on the board. We have smaller rosters and whatnot. But Eric, um, can you give us a rundown of maybe two or three players you were really excited to grab? Well, for my rookie, I was really excited to get Quentin Byfield just because, you know, we're watching World Juniors and we're getting to see these kids play. And I like... I like the way that he plays. Um, natural centerman. Hopefully, you know, he sticks, uh, I guess, with the Kings. Um, so, you know, we'll see. But I, I like him a lot. Yeah, he's been really fun to watch in the World Juniors. Danny, what about you? I was actually really happy to get Cal McCarr with my uh, Grubauer pick in the first round. So. I think he was one of the players I was, I, I always love watching him. So to uh, be able to root for, for the avalanche uh, coming up will be nice. So I'll have a reason to watch their games. <laughs> Aaron, you. Same sort of thing. Actually, I picked up a couple guys from the West that I don't normally pay attention to their teams that much. So I picked up Ratnan off the, off the abs. So uh, that's a good pick. Could have to be an abs fan here for a little bit too which is great. And uh, I, like Eric, Eric got one of the guys from World Juniors. I got Zegers for my rookie pick. Yes. So uh, he's he's been just amazing to watch on USA team. So I'm excited to see what he does in the NHL. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be, this is going to be fun, especially with these, these interesting rules where you got to like pick somebody from a California team or whatever. Like this, it definitely makes it a little more interesting. Oh, Definitely. I uh, I also got a player from World Juniors, uh, Tim Stutzla, from Team Germany. We were really, we all really enjoyed. We were t- 
talking about him over group text during the games, just watching him play and how he was really rugged. And I, I think that's going to translate for a young Ottawa team that's looking to kind of do some damage in that Canadian division. The only person that didn't pick a player in the World Junior Tournament was Daniel. He went with Alexi Lafreniere in New York. Yes. And he obviously declined to go to World Juniors because he's most likely, I would imagine, going to play for the Rangers this year, yeah. without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> some other, just looking at kind of the draft list, I thought it was interesting. Eric looks like he's, he has a few Leafs on his team. That should be interesting. Daniel went with Brent Burns, even though he constantly says that he dislikes him in our group chat. <laughs> 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 hey, he just got a speaking spot on Vikings, the TV show. He did. He did. Yeah, I saw, <laughs> I saw that. that. So that's why he's just looked like a dirt merchant for the last couple of years. He's been planning to get a TV gig on Vikings. It's kind of cool, too, especially now that we're talking with the NHL's coming back. World Juniors essentially happened at the same time. So it almost does feel like a normal year for us, even though we're still living in COVID times. It's kind of cool. The NHL starting back up. There's a lot of hockey around this time of year, which is great. And it's interesting to hear what some of the players did with all their off time. There's a lot of, a lot of teams that kind of release some of the stats. I saw some players even grew a few inches, which is kind of weird because I don't know how some of these guys that are 28, 29 grew an inch or two. Weight, totally understand, but uh, some of the height variations, I'm kind of jealous. I wish I could steal an inch or two every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think the uh, the World Juniors came at a good time, though, because uh, it's definitely getting me excited for the, the upcoming season. Absolutely. Great lead into the season, which is yeah. what? Next week? The 15th? Yeah. It's 10th? Yes. Away. <laughs> yeah. Yep. There's going to be a ton of hockey. It'll be Women's Pro League, NHL, NCAA, and Canadian Juniors starts, or at least the other part of it. They start... February, hopefully, if everything kind of pans out. I'm hoping. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Because they came out and said that they want to have the Memorial Cup. And I'm using air quotes to some extent because they still don't know. They want to award that by late June. And they're still going to have to do modified CHL playoffs, which should be interesting. Yeah, lots of hockey for everybody to finally consume after not having some for a while. Oh, Aaron. So I learned in looking up Zegers, he's actually on Anaheim. So he's probably the yeah. best Anaheim he's player. On, well, he's minus, uh, minus Bishop. He's invited yeah, to we, training camp. So depending on what happens. Yeah, he'll get on. He'll, yeah. After this tournament? Yeah. Shit. Yeah. yeah. I'm telling you right now, he's a this middle six. Camp. He's a middle six yeah. player on that team. Yeah, yeah. right now. Easily. Easily, mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. now. And actually having Getzlaff there, that will help him. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. Getzlaff is like a perfect guy to almost model because A, Getzlaff is sick. He distributes the puck really well, but get he he passes really well. I mean, yeah, he's passed his prime. Was was. Was. Yeah. yeah. Was. But I don't care what anyone says. Like you do need guys like that. Oh yeah. yeah. No, you need no, like, yeah. you need guys to show the way, right? You need yep. you need those veteran guys that kind of show you like how to live day to day every day everyday life and it's also a mental as a thing pro too. Right? I, I think they help more not like hey you should eat this or that 
I think it's more like, hey man, you have a shitty game. You gotta you gotta detach. Right. You gotta you show gotta, up tomorrow. Yeah. You gotta show up yep. to practice tomorrow morning, figure it out, you yep. know, and next game, next day, like let's go. Get ready. Um, you know, calm and, down the nerves a little bit. Yeah. 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 And yeah. especially to like a, it's a gets long laugh. season. Like a Getzloff, like I put him in like that upper echelon of like good fucking old players. Mm-hmm. And he was good in his prime. Like in his prime, he was sick. Like to train, like to be there. I'm not saying who's a player that like kind of did that, but like sucks. Like who not to be a role model? Uh, no, nah, I wouldn't say role model, but like, all right. So Getzloff was a star. He's training the next star. But gotcha. like there's no one in Ottawa necessarily to help like Stutzla and Kachuk really. They're like, yeah, they're on they're their kind, own, right? They're on their own. Bobby, they're, is Bobby they, Ryan gone? He's in Detroit. Yeah, he's, he's in gone. Detroit now. Yeah, and, yeah. and really, yeah, I like, think, I think it's all a young team. Right? That's kind of that's kind of think... what I'm saying. Like, I I don't yeah. know a yeah. player that I can think of outside of like Ottawa. I'm trying. I mean, I can't even think of another team that really like right now. Well, I'll I'll while you think about it, I remember something that happened early on in Crosby's career where they even talked about it on the broadcast where Crosby got goaded into taking a penalty. Uh, they were playing the Devils, and it was Kovalchuk. Kovalchuk goaded him into taking a penalty. I remember and this. And then they scored. Kovalchuk scored. And he, and he taunted and him, went right? straight to the box yeah. and pointed at Crosby yeah. and was like, that's why you don't do that or whatever. And they talked about it on the broadcast. It's like, that is a lesson to a young NHL player that you need to let emotions go sometimes and not uh, play that game or whatever. What like, year? Hold on a second. This what is year a long was, time ago. No, 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 no. What year was Kovalchuk on? Is that the Devils or was that Thrashers? Yeah, it had, it had to be, been thrashers. The thrashers. It had to be thrashers. thrashers. Because if it was the Devils, Pittsburgh Sid, already got their cuffs. Sid, Sid was yeah, well Sid into was his career. <laughs> he had the C right. for yeah. a long uh, time. It was the thrash. You're right. right. Okay. Right. I think yeah, it, right. yeah, I think it was with the thrashers. But even, I mean, I would say kind of, I mean, I think that's why the Caps kind of early on, they had Jeff Halpern and Mike Knuba later on to kind of show. I think that was kind of, they knew Ovechkin was a star. It was more of a work ethic thing. Like, hey. We're gonna put these guys around you, show you to work. All that stuff is no, all that stuff's bullshit. (laughs) All right. Like, no, here's the thing. Here's the thing. That's all bullshit. That guy, Ovechkin. Oh, he busts his fucking ass. No, how many head coach how many how many head coaches have they gone through? Uh, Oh he's been there. Five, six, all right. So let's see. Seven. Glenn yeah. Hamlin. Seven. Hold on, every, let's do it. Every time, Crazy. every time one of these assholes comes in to be a head coach, what do they do? Oh, we have to change how we're going to play because we're going to play my way, right? So he, so he changes, so he changes the way he's going to play every fucking time, and he still puts up, he still puts up goals. So you can put, you can put all that work ethic and coaching and all that other other stuff. It doesn't fucking matter. That guy was going to score 50 goals a year every year for a long time, regardless of what team he was on. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But did you see what Peter Lavalette said? He said, we need to play more straight lines and all this other nonsense. Okay. All right. Let's talk about that. I don't agree with that. Yeah. You want to play in straight lines? On a team that has an aging core, no, that's not how you're going to play. Straight lines means that you have a young core 
that can still skate fast speed and skate off the rush score off the rush I don't know what he thinks he's doing, but it's not going to work. I, I think the Caps and Pens, very similar in their roster composition at this point in the game. If their coaching staff, and I do know Mike Sullivan says it, Peter Lavalette, after what he said the last couple of days, I, it makes me scratch my head. And I think any coach in 2020 NHL needs to take a page out of Tampa's book where John Cooper essentially just says, if we don't have the puck, we need to get it back and hold on to it for the entire game because you want the puck and that's the only way you're going to score. But when you, Eric, you and I have mentioned it a hundred times when you don't have the puck or when you have the puck, the other team can't score also. So that's right. That you want the puck. That is the most valuable thing on the ice. Yeah. But there's different ways to get it right. And there's different ways to keep it. And somebody like Laviolette coming into a team that has an established core an aging core and saying, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna play north south straight lines, whatever." He doesn't understand the personnel that he has. It's not going to work, and that almost worries me. Kind of, they hired him. They hired him because there are thirty guys around the NHL bubble that have NHL head coach resumes, right? And so they hired one of those guys instead of maybe hiring a younger guy or somebody that's coming up, maybe a college coach or somebody out of the American League or whatever. They got Laviolette, who, yeah, he's got a cup ring and he's been to the final a couple times with different teams or whatever. I think the game. I don't think he understands the roster that he has. I don't think he understands how they're going to have to play to even get out of a first round playoff series. Cause that's what they're looking at. Like, how do you get out of the first round again? Well, and especially, especially for all these teams this year, it is going to be a struggle a to get out of the first round, but you're playing against even in the playoffs, the first couple of rounds, you're playing against the same teams you played all year. Yeah, it's so right, it's so the gimmicks, yeah. so the gimmicks and the little tactics you do doesn't work. They're either they're either a yeah. going to know it inside it out by the time you play them, or if they haven't been able to stop you, they'll figure something out in the playoffs one way yeah. or another. They'll figure yeah. it out pretty quick. Yeah. So if you can't add wrinkles to your game or even adopt some other things, you know, later in the I, season or change look, stuff man, up, it's going to be a big issue. You you can't you can't go to a team where the players the core players are all in their mid thirties and say we're gonna play in straight lines and be fast. That's not how it works. Yeah. Sorry, they're old. It's not how it yeah. works. <laughs> <laughs> it's not gonna work well for them, but we'll see. But speaking of funny how we're talking about like old roster, new coach, what about a very young roster and a very old player with Joe Thornton? ending up on the granite it's practice lines joe thornton is playing with mitch marner and austin matthews under sheldon keith on the first line i don't see him being able to keep up yeah i don't he's always i, I mean he's always either. been a slower skater those guys are fast there's no way he's gonna be able to keep up with them yeah, yeah. i <laughs> 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 yeah. got nothing really I to don't. say against that yeah it's right. wrong you don't well no because that was my initial reaction to it was 
when all the Toronto media started posting all the stuff about, oh, Joe Thornton's skating with Marner and Matthews, I was like, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. But then I was thinking about it and I was like, well, what if, what if he brings um, a certain intelligence to their game? Like he's been around, he knows what he has to do as an older and slower player. Maybe his brain makes up for his feet. So maybe it's like beneficial to slow down the play? Uh, not so much that, but maybe he's smart enough to kind of be in the right places at the right times, despite, you know, what the other two guys are doing. As as bad as that sounds, but I ag- I fully agree with that point. And also to kind of lump onto that, even though I have my own reservations about that, you know, top three, Joe Thornton is an elite passer. This is not yes. this is not news. He can pass exceptionally well. So ideally in a perfect world, what is Austin Matthews really want. He wants the puck (laughs) in a really good shooting situation. And Joe Thornton turned Jonathan Chichu into a 50 goal (laughs) scorer. Albeit a few years ago, we knew who kind of worked that out. So having said that, what year was that? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So having said that, I mean, if anyone could really, I wouldn't say elevate Matthews because Matthews is special in his own right, but if anyone could get him the puck in more situations, it's going to be someone like a Joe Thornton. Their second line looks really good with VC, Nylander, and Tavares. I think that's a solid line. And also for a guy like Jimmy VC, where he came into the NHL, uh, he had a lot of kind of fanfare. He didn't really do much. So this is his second, or technically third team, because he was in Nashville, then he went to Buffalo, then New York. So this is actually like his fourth stop, technically even though he never played for Nashville. This could be a, a good chance for VC on a very talented second line with the Leafs to make something up too. Leafs, I think everyone's going to give them the Canadian division crown, but I wouldn't be shocked if another team comes and steals it. From yeah. You never know. Yeah. You never know. The Flames, yeah. The fl- yeah, actually, the Flames, the flames I, think, dude. I think the Oilers, I think this year, I think this is a really big make-or-break year for that team because you you have McDavid, and Dreisaitl, both have won league MVPs at this point. They've only been in the playoffs, what, once? And then twice if you count last year and their time in Edmonton. That's not cutting it. Well, really funny, on the NHL news, I just saw Matt Martin was re-signed to a four-year deal on the Islanders. (laughs) That's stellar. Why? Why? How how much? How much? 1.5. AAV. That's too much. <laughs> That's, That's too, too much. much. So don't the Islanders have a restricted free agent by the name of Matthew Barzell? I think they do. Don't they need to get that guy signed? They absolutely do. I think that that's a, that's a big key piece of their so team, isn't it? They signed Matt Martin. Before Matthew Before Barzell. Matthew Barzell. Matthew Barzell. Huh. Yeah. Now they they have cap issues, right? So right. Well, I was going to say how, how much how much cap room do they have? They have. Uh, what? They have, why are they close to? I, I, I want to say they're Why? just under four mil free. 
Four million. That's not going to sign Barzal. Who do they have Ooh. up there that's making too much money? <laughs> so we had this conversation. Long, I don't know how long we can keep this joke going here. Yeah. I feel like you want me to say Anders Lee. <laughs> so all the group texts earlier today, we got into this, and we we are just we're about to just destroy the New York Islanders uh, contract situation here. So uh, now Islanders fans, we apologize, but. No, we don't. Really should be asking for Lou Amarello and Garth Snow to be apologizing. Okay, before we start in on Lou, we have to recognize Lou Lamarillo's accomplishments, okay? He did take a New Jersey Devils franchise from nothing, essentially, to three Stanley Cups, okay? He, He was, and not many people... I think, remember this, he was instrumental in resolving the 04-05 lockout yep. and getting hockey started again. So the the guy has been around. He, he, was a, he was instrumental in college hockey. He definitely, I don't know if saved is the right word, but he saved the Devils franchise, got them to the pinnacle, got them to be you know, perennial contenders help the NHL get through a troubled time. And that's, that's great. Agreed. What but, has he okay. done in the last three years? Continue. <laughs> let's, let's just take a little glance over at cap friendly and the big contract that really jumps out at us is Anders Lee at the very top. He's a 30 year old this year. Well, he will be 31 this year. I think it's in July or something like that. He turns 31. But he's still signed through the 2025-26 season when he will then be a UFA. He's currently and will be for the next six years, six seasons, making $7 million a year hitting A-A-V. the cap. A-A-V. A-A-V. He'll hit their cap for $7 million right. a year. Right. And we just we have to ask, Why? Why is this guy well, going to be a 36-year-old okay. making $7 million a year? Uh, it's, I think it's you looked not, into some of the, the stats here, Eric, so you can probably... It's not, only, it's not only that. It's not only that, okay? It's a somewhat aging roster. They have six players that are going to be making 5 mil plus AAV. Until uh, the 2023-24 season. Right. And, and they're all around 30 years old now. Right. And, and as we know, we're all players in beer league, you hit thirties, you know, the body tends to slow down and in the NHL, it's nothing different, not as rapid, obviously, but those rapid guys enough start to make an impact on your game. Unfortunately, right. They start yeah. to slow down and they start to decline. And when you're paying that much of your cap room to keep those guys on the roster, maybe that's not the best idea. We don't have an in, awful lot of room for the into, D guys. And to the, the other thing, and the, the other thing that's kind of, I would say, somewhat concerning because I know in. I know in some organizations like the assistant general manager or the president of hockey operations, they either handle the cap situation. The general manager kind of deals with other things. They all 
do help compile the roster, but some teams do have other people working on the cap and the contracts and how it all pieces together. If you look at the last couple of contracts they signed somewhat recently, July 1st, 2019 was Simeon Varlama for four years. Uh, John Gabriel Peugeot was signed February 24th, 2020 for six years. Ryan Pollock was signed very somewhat recently, November uh, 2020 for two years. So that's taking up money. Jordan Eberle was June 14th, 2019 for five years. Brock Nelson, May of 2019 for six years. And then what we were talking about with Anders Lee, 2019 in July. And did he not kind of forecast in his mind like, oh, Barzal's coming up. He he really is the New York Islanders. The future I hate to say of the it. franchise. He, he really is. Right. He is. <laughs> That's alarming. Right. He is the Islanders going forward. Like that is the marquee piece for them. And he has Anders Lee. Lou Lamarillo has Anders Lee locked up in a seven-year deal at, at seven, seven mil, mil AAV. Like you are not going to sign Barzell. You're not. He he's going to hold out. As he he's should. already he's, he's already holding out as an player. RFA. He he should be making at least seven, if not more. More like nine, especially and with some of the guys that have been signed recently. He's probably in the nine to ten mil range. He, like, he very very well could be. Very well, could and be. they do not have the money to get that guy signed up. There's no way they're going to no. do it. So they'd they have to buy have... out. They'd have to salary tension right. and move guys. They have to they have to tear the whole thing down. Right. Right. In order to they sign gotta, the future they, of the they've franchise. They've got to move other guys. They've got to figure something else out. And I don't think they can. The way that they have some of these other big, big contracts structured, they're, they're not going to be able to move guys. A lot of those guys in that, you know, those, those sort of half a dozen players that are five mil plus, they have no move, no trade clauses. Yeah. So you're going to have to, you got to figure all that out. Like, I, I don't know how it works for them. And so you're in a situation where you have, you have just under probably, I, th I think it's four mil and cap space left. You're not going to sign Barzell. Are you going to make a move or is he going to hold out and not play the season? Like, and it, I, I just, oh man. And I know there was that massive, and I know that there was massive concern. And I know I'm a William Nylander guy. There was a lot of concern when he went essentially to the last possible second to sign that deal because he signed in December. And then all yeah. he needed to do was wait till that. At the time, it was January. He could have gone and played overseas or something like that. Or I think maybe depending on because it was so late, he may not have even been able to only play in a select handful of leagues with trade agreements, to the NHL, but yeah, Nylander could have held out the rest of the year and become a free agent. Now he did get signed it. You know, some people say that's a lot of money, but if you look at what he produces slash could on paper, there's a lot of value there. And Barzell probably wants a contract similar to that, but the Islanders are about $3.5 million short of that deal. Easy. Currently. At least easily. Currently. And Barzal, like you were saying, Rigsby, if he holds out in a shortened year, it doesn't necessarily hurt him. No. Because the NHL does want to start in a normal pattern next year in October. We're in January right now. So, yeah, it's 10 months. It's a long way away. But 
if but, he becomes a free agent by holding out. Right. Think think about the the training calendar, right? So we're already in January. They're going to start the season in next 10 week, days, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So he's he says, "You know what? I'm going to I'm going to sit out for what is it? A fi- 56 game plus playoffs, yeah. whatever it is. Plus playoffs, yeah. Probably going to go into June-ish, right? Uh, late June. So depending on how the schedule goes, maybe early July. Uh, so he sits out, maybe considers Europe. I don't know. Um, and then just trains and goes into July, August as a free agent and gets his money from whoever can pay, right? And could give him term. You know, I find it funny. Lou is showing a lot of loyalty to a guy like Matt Mark. Granted, maybe he's great in the locker room. I don't know how many wins he's going to help you with, but Barzal is the guy. <laughs> Four years. Yeah, though, four years. That's yeah, a long time. Four, four years. years for him. And he is like, he's over 30. Yeah. I want to say he's like 31, 32, something like that. Johnny's going to look it up. <sighs> he's 31. Four years yeah. at one and a half for a guy that's had what? 14, 14 points? points a season. Five cool. times out of his 10 <laughs> seasons. Cool. Oh yeah. I don't know about that. And, and all you're trying to do there, I think is keep that best fourth line in hockey together. The Sezegis Clutterbuck Martin line together. Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? You need to score goals and look, I'm a caps guy. Yeah. Islanders swept the caps in the first round of the bubble playoffs. I get it. But what did they do after that? Nothing. Because they can't score. With Barzal. You need Barzal. <laughs> you need all the help you can get. I have to take this time to point out, if we're talking about contracts and the New York Islanders, we have to mention that they have that they gave the best sports contract in the world. Nope. To it's Bobby Bonilla. I know where you're going, but second you're wrong. best. It's second best. best. Second it's the best. second best. All right, fine. What is it? Fine. What is it? July fine. like tenth? It's Bobby Bonilla Day. July first every like, year. It's Bobby, Bobby Bonilla, Bonilla Day. Bobby Bonilla Day. That's right. <laughs> All right best best NHL. I know content. where you're going. Best NHL contract. They are still paying him one and a half million dollars. But wait a minute. And will until 2029. Yeah. Was it? Was it for the deal that came out in 2006? Sorry. Was it? Was it DiPietro or Yash? No, no, Ashen's the one or something like that. But DPH are all the way the best in NHL. Yeah, Yeah, I think they're done with the Ashen. Yeah, finally, (laughs) he had such nice he had such nice turtlenecks, man. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) It's ridiculous. So if we hold on, that means in gold medal games we are four and zero against Canada. What did you, you say? Four and zero against Canada. It just showed us that that we were one and three mm. in gold medal games. In gold medal games. Oh, gold medal okay. Games. Right, Get it right, Amron. I got it wrong. We beat him in <laughs> Saskatoon. We beat him in. There was another one we beat him because one was a John Carlson year. One was like the Patrick O'Sullivan, Mark Andre Fleury gaff, and I forget the other one. Terry Troy Terry. 
So that's three. Look at Spencer Knight's pads. Holy shit. Those are sick. These are going to be the pads that defeat the, uh, or end the great maple syrup crisis of 2020. (laughs) (laughs) How far along are you, John? I have 25 seconds left in the game. I have 138. That was probably after 45. I'm at one minute. John, did you get a modem? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I finally switched my AOL. (laughs) This game's over. It's over. Get the medals out. People on my stream are asking, how do you convert 2 to O in metric system? (laughs) 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 And on that note, I think we're going to call this episode a wrap. Thanks, everybody, for listening. If you like our show, please tell your friends so we can grow our listener base. Be sure to join us on Discord and follow us on our social media accounts. And before we end the episode, we just want to include one more thing for you. However, this content may be disturbing to listeners who enjoy snow and maple syrup. Listener discretion is advised.